this is your place's call you're listening to theatrical thoughts i'm emily wyra and i'm Je- and i'm jessica Kafite. And today we are joined by David Josephsberg. David has had a really impressive career and is super well known for his recent performances in The Prom and Beetlejuice. David, thank you for coming on today. How are you? So good. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, we are too. We've had this book for a while. We've been really excited to talk. (laughs) Yeah, super cool. Super cool. All right. So as you know, we like to kick off our show with our 60 second life story segment. So I'm going to start that good old iPhone stopwatch and you're going to give your life in a minute. Are you ready for this? I mean, it's 50. It's I'm 51 years old. This may take, can we have like five, six, seven minutes? No, let's do one minute. (laughs) All right. You got this. Are you ready? I am ready. All right. Okay, I was born uh, on Long Island, uh, and I was an, singing and acting from when I, from a little kid. I went to a theater high school out on Long Island, uh, where I got to do Sunday in the Park with George. Oh, rest in peace, Stephen Tonheim. Uh, then uh, I went to NYU, and I graduated, and I started doing shows. My first big show was Les Mis. Then I did Grease, and then uh, Wedding Singer, Honeymoon in Vegas, Motown, all different things. I don't want to keep going through all of them because then it'll take too long. Uh, then I got married to this lady. Here's a little thing that you guys can't hear this, but this is my wife, Liz. I met her in Lena Zarab. She was a Cosette understudy. I was a Marius understudy. Uh, then we had kids. I have two kids, Benjamin and Cooper, 13 and 16. I have two puppies. I had other puppies before. Now I have an eight-week, nine-week-old puppy. She pooped in the house four times today. Uh, what else did I do? I did so many different things. I lived here. I toured the country. I was with a comedian, Stephen Lynch, for a long time. Eight seconds. Uh, then uh, I also, uh, what else did I do? Uh, oh, I started my own company, Broadway Breathwork, and I worked for my wife, Target 100. That was amazing. Oh my God. <laughs> you talked so fast there at the end. I'm like kind of amazed. Yeah, that I'm was sweating. very impressive. I'm sweating right now. <laughs> my God. What do we tell you? We like to, you know, it's got to be nice and spooky to start, you know. It's good stuff. It gets me like, I'm, I'm excited yeah. now. I'm ready to chat. I got my the, energy. The adrenaline is going. Let's go. <laughs> so you mentioned. Well, okay. Well, I guess we should first of all say your puppy pooped four times today. That's really tragic. <laughs> yes. Uh, so my what we in have the house one, in the house we have one puppy already who's a, a lab and she's two years old and she's great. And then we, my wife said, I really want a real small little tiny puppy to be in my you know pert like a little small puppy. So we went to the the shelter and instead we got a half pit bull, half uh, German Shepherd. So. She's going to be probably 80 pounds and she's already a little different than intended. (laughs) Pooping five times, four times in the house today. I don't know what's going to happen for the rest of my life. Best of luck to you. That's we have a little one. It's he's, his name is tiny and his name is as he suggests. So I can't imagine having an 80 pound. Yeah. She's going to be a big girl. She's so so cute. I love, I love duckos. They're the best. (laughs) So anyway, so you mentioned you went to a theater high school. So I guess sort of, you knew early on then that this was something that you really wanted to do. How did you sort of come into that realization? Awesome question. Uh, well, I mean, when I was a little, little kid, I got a lot of attention singing like five, six years old. Um, and then I think, you know, so I had a, I, 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 my parents took me into the city to uh, an audition for a Broadway show, actually. It was Oliver. I was 12, 13, 14, I guess around the bar mitzvah time when uh, my theme on for my bar mitzvah was David on Broadway. So I guess I already knew at 13 that I was going to either do that or be the Mets second baseman. 50% of your dreams working out is pretty good. Uh, so I auditioned for this show and I got down to the last three. 
the guy who got the one person who played the artful dodger, the second person got the understudy, and I didn't get anything. But my parents thought that I was good enough to pursue this, and so, you know, just happened from there. That's wild, wow. And the show closed in a week, so don't feel bad for me. <laughs> oh my God. Well, so you mentioned your first sort of bigger show was Sunday in the Park, right? No, well, <laughs> sort of. Sunday in the Park was my, you know, the, at this theater high school, which was a really amazing place. It's the Boses Cultural Arts Center on Long Island. It's like fame. You guys probably don't know what fame is, but fame uh, uh, Long Island style. Uh, and so we do one bridge version of a whole show. And that was the first, and that's what, that was my show. My first real big, big show was Les Mis. That's so fun. Oh, imagine going to a performing arts high school. That would be so fun. Emily, we should transfer, even though we're <laughs> both seniors. <laughs> We've got like six months left. We're like, yeah, now is the time to transfer. <laughs> all right. So I got to ask, I mean, Friday's news with Sondheim obviously kind of hit all of us. So I guess, especially with that being like one of your first shows, sort of what was Sondheim's influence for you? I mean, so, so huge for the, for, for everyone in the community. Right. I mean, so it's different, right? He's 91 years old. He lived this amazing life. So to me, it's this, it, it's sad, but it's this beautiful thing that we're going to, he's going to go on forever. You know, his, his lyrics are just, his music, all of it is just incredible. And I don't know, it's, 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 it's a sad day. I liken it to, I sort of think, you know, I've worked with Jason Robert Brown, who I feel like is sort of in the same whole, Wait, if Jason, if you're listening, is sort of in the same. If you're not, uh, Jason's just you know, it's he's not Sondheim. However, uh, no, I'm just kidding, Jason. You you are. Uh, like if someone like that passes, it's 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 just a huge. They're they're the icons icons of our of our whole lives, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It was. I was in the city when it happened, and I was just like, oh my god, that that's Sondheim. Like what? <laughs> that, yeah. It hit. I, but I, you're I, so I never right. got to. I never got to work with him fully, but he, he came to see Jason's show. And I got to do some Sondheim shows and, you know, it's, it's just, for my age, he's, you know, the top of the, of the, of the, of the pyramid. Absolutely. Yeah. You're so right though. It is just this beautiful celebration that we get to have of how yeah. he is. And, and did you uh, see Lynn and all them singing? And that was amazing. Could not emotionally handle that. It was so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful uh, tribute. Truly agreed. Agreed. He's and, and he's on fire with making me cry. Tick, tick, boom. <laughs> that yeah. wrecked me on Sunday I mean, night. I haven't seen it yet and I'm going to hopefully watch it this week. It's been a crazy week, but hopefully I can, I'm so excited to watch it. Got it. Coming from someone who uh, is, I don't know why I'm talking about how old I am, but that's what it was like. It is a really great representation of what it was like back then. Like so much. Yeah. It was just it was so beautiful. That whole film, I was so good. made me want to go write a musical, but also like just think about how beautiful everything was. It was so good, Jesse. You have to watch it. I'm going to. Don't worry. What are you <laughs> waiting for? I don't know. I better. I know. I mean, you even have a Hamilton. It's like, it's like a Hamilton poster in your room, right? Yes, that was my bat mitzvah logo. Hey, well, so girl, same Annie table. No, I, I didn't have that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh, God. Well, anyway, so you ended up at NYU, and then you mentioned your first big show, Les Mis, um, yes. just like a really small little musical nobody's ever heard of before. Tiny. So I guess, how was that, like, experience as your breakthrough sort of musical 
getting that, um, that first experience. It, it couldn't have been better. It, 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 it's been through my entire life too. It's still happening these days, but so I was like 22. I went out on the road for a year and a half and got to be in Les Mis with all these young and fun people. And when I was 14, I was sitting in my bed, listening to Les Mis, dreaming of getting to play Marius one day. And so my first big show, I'm on tour, three weeks in, no rehearsal, Marius goes out, I have to go on for Marius without any rehearsals. It was just, I remember singing right at the end of the first act, you know, that, that I did not live until today. How could I live when we are apart? And just thinking, I can't believe I get to do this in my life. And so I did that. Then I did it in New York for a long time and back and forth, but throughout my life, like 10, 15 years on and off. And I met some of the greatest friends in the world who during the pandemic, we've been playing poker every Sunday, all my lay Miz friends. And I don't know why, this is just happens to be here. This is my wife. Uh, I met her and she went on when I went back out one time and she went on as Cosette and I went on, went on as Marius. And she was like, I'm having all these feelings of, I don't know, these words really mean something to me. And I was like, hey, and then, but later on we fell in love. <laughs> so none of these dogs would be here. None of like my kids would be here. Nothing would be here without Les Mis. Oh, I almost just broke my mic. This is so touching. Oh my God. And the Cosette Marius moment. Like, right. come on, that's a movie. That's movie moments. Good stuff. Good stuff. If that's not how I meet my future husband, I don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> I now, I mean, already you've had such an incredible career, but then you made your Broadway debut. Like, can you tell us about memories you made and that experience? Yeah. So it was weird, actually, because I, during the uh, during Thanksgiving time, I was on tour with Greece, and they decided to bring a second Greece to Broadway at the time when Greece was on Broadway, and they brought us in too because so many people wanted to see it. So I that was sort of my Broadway debut. So I guess my Broadway debut was pulling down my pants and mooning everybody, which was great. But I really consider like my real real Broadway de debut going back and doing. Uh, doing Les Mis on, uh, on it. And it was just, you know, I don't even, I don't have words. You know, my whole, for, for, for the time I was five to 24, so a 19, 20 year old, 20, 20 year dream fulfilled my parents there. And like, just, it, it felt all worth it. Absolutely. And that's, it's so much work that goes into it. I mean, you obviously studied it for so long, so I'm sure it was like a nice moment, full circle. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so you said in an interview a while back, I do my research, I got it, oh. that Alter Boys was one of your favorite productions that you got to do. So I'm curious about sort of that experience and why it stands out to you so much and all that jazz. Totally, yeah. Alter Boys, uh, off-Broadway show, so funny. And it's it being like, we're taking ourselves super seriously. And I got to be in a boy band. I got to be a Jewish guy in a, in a Christian boy band. Uh, what I loved so much was we worked so hard. We worked for about three years, four years, doing free things, doing readings and getting together and being paid in Starbucks cards. And But we got to create these characters. They, they let us really make these characters come from who we are. And I know it was just singing, dancing, acting, Chris Catelli's choreography, Stafford Arima. Like it was just... 
the greatest group of guys too. I, I, you know, I say that. Oh, my, they're my best friends. Uh, Alter Boys are my best friends. Les Mis are my best friends. Uh, 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 Beetlejuice. Everyone in Beetlejuice, they're my best friend. You know, you know how it is in theater, and you fall in love with those things. But you don't see some of these shows like Honeymoon in Vegas. I did about readings for about eight to ten years before it came to Broadway. So some of those are the best moments where they finally happen. Unfortunately, that one closed in four months. But Alter Boys was about five years. I didn't do it for a super long time, but, and I forgot, my son was born while I was in rehearsals for Alter Boys. So it was, it was, a, it was a crazy time, but just an amazing experience. That's amazing. Developing a new musical with a son coming, that must be, Whew. That's a lot. That's a lot. Chaos. And a lot from my wife who's home being like, I'm feeding the baby. Oh, go have fun out at your club. I love that every time you reference your wife, like you do the voice and hold up the head out of her. Right. For those of you who are not seeing the video, uh, I'm holding up my wife and that's what that, a, a picture of my wife. Like sort of a if it's cutout, a <laughs> cutout picture of her, right? It's really strange. <laughs> But I love it. <laughs> What's happening? Um, you guys got me worked up with that 60 second thing. I'm on, I, I, my heart rate's not down still. Like, I mean, the adrenaline, I, I'm kind of convinced that's why we do it. It was just kind of on a whim, but now it's got to stay. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. So skipping sort of ahead, obviously so many shows, so many incredible experiences, but you landed prom. Yeah. which ended up being this really wonderful, wonderful show getting recognized. And we haven't talked about the show nearly enough on this podcast. So I want to talk about it with you. Sure. Sort of ask about the process of getting that show on its feet and heading to Broadway and developing all that jazz. I will give you some good, but there's also some bad because I covered four male leads and three ensemble members. So my br brain was running lines pretty much 24 hours a day, every single day, and I was panic-stricken all the time. Now the good. So I always wanted to work with Casey Nicola. I've worked with Casey Hushin, who is, is who like, you know, associate director. We got to do Drowsy Chaperone, where I got to do it with Beth Level down in North Carolina. One of the greatest experiences, too. My best friends, all of them. Um, so this little show, it was just... Watching the kids was my favorite part because there were so many Broadway debuts. This show is so filled with so much love. And the goal is to make Casey Nicola cry in rehearsals. And it's not so hard. He would cry all the time. I would cry all the time. It was just the story's great. The, 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 the people. So that's what I'm talking about. Like Alter Boys, when you get to create these characters. So here's another level where you get to create these characters but they're also sort of created for you, right? Beth Level, Brooks Ashmanskis, Christopher Sieber, uh, Angie, oh God. Why am I having a panic attack right now? Sure. <laughs> Angie Schwer, my God. Ah, Josh Lehman, thank you, you saved my life. And, and you know what happened? I started to think, oh, I hope I don't forget anybody's name. And then that's what happened. I love Angie Schwer. Uh, so getting to see them, it's like a masterclass in, in, you know, I did Waitress too. I got to uh, go in to cover uh, Chris Fitzgerald when he left. And it's, you know, it's, it's hard because everyone's like, hmm, I guess we're getting this guy. But you can steal so many great things from these brilliant people, Chris and Brooks. They're just, 
born to do what they're doing. And that's what I feel like this whole prom experience was. And the audiences loved it so much. It was such a beautiful show. I mean, yeah. I saw it pretty early on and I'm pretty sure that I saw you while you were on for Barry, I think, which was- No, no Barry, I never did Barry. Really? No. I was pretty convinced. No. Maybe, I'm, maybe I'm crazy. I told them, I told them that uh, Josh Lehman is a far superior Barry so that I could go play Sheldon Saperstein because it's like the easiest role in the show and it's real fun and I get to dance and move around and wear purple. So I was like, you go ahead and do the heavy lifting. <laughs> I love that. Oh my God. I'm actually, I'm like 98% sure that I saw you as the prince of principal Hawkins. Yeah, I, did, I did him a lot. Okay, because I remember, I didn't really realize that you weren't, I thought you were, the principal just like that was your role i didn't realize that you were a swing and then i think i saw one of the broadway.com vlogs that maybe caitlin kinnan did that you're like yeah i cover like this many parts i'm like wait what <laughs> like so i just fun. always think that's so impressive like oh, terrible I, I mean emily and i always say that swings like yeah. the show would not be possible without swings because we think that's the most impressive role in the show so I, I give mean, you mad props. I don't know how you do that. Like, it's insane. I don't, I don't know. I don't do it. No. Uh, the kids who do the dancing roles too, like that had so much exciting dance, but you had to be in different places. Like my swings, some of my favorite times of that show where we'd be up on the fourth level while the show was happening and, and running the show and having fun up there. And I, I mean, my brain, I'm, I'm a mover. So seeing these guys just do these unbelievable dances in every different position. That's what, that's what, that's what I loved about that show so much. Incredible. It's just such a like high energy piece. It's just so joyful. Yeah. You just watch out of that theater and was just like, I'm just feel so joyful. And now we have the film and I can watch it and I'm all happy yeah. when I watch it. And it's. Yeah. And that was cute. I thought the film was cute. It was. <laughs> great performances. There was just, I felt like the camera move. You couldn't the dancing was so thrilling in the theater, I thought. And this was, you can't, you can't see that and recreate it, but. I, no. I agree. I mean, it's hard to capture when you're doing it in such a different medium, but mm -hmm. it's still so fun. It's still so fun. You guys should film, you guys should come back and do a pro shot, just saying. Uh, yeah. Feel free. <laughs> I, I, you know, and I think we were supposed to do, uh, we're supposed to do Beetlejuice. We were supposed to film before the pandemic. So who knows? Who knows? I mean, I'm not uh, saying that I'm in it yet because that's not been announced. I don't know if I'll be in the new version, but we'll see. Right, of course. <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to that coming back to the theater ah. too. I mean, that show is also a high energy, brilliant, so much fun show, I'm sure, to do on your end too. It was so strange. Okay, so... I was in prom and I was like, we're in the, I want us to win the Tonys. What, who wants to see, what's this Beetlejuice? Why does, what is this? What is it? Okay, it's Beetlejuice, who wants? And then I saw it and was like, oh my God. Number one, it's like, so funny, so charming again, crying. So like, just really bright. And, and the performances were just unreal. So I totally agree. I was like, wow. And the, the, the so Alter Boys had, uh, people who were called alterholics and they were amazing fans. Never have I seen a stage door and fans like Be uh, Beetlejuice. It was 
unbelievable. And people would come dressed and there'd be excitement. And, and in October, even like craziness at the theater. So awesome. I remember I actually did see you in October in Beetlejuice and the stage door that day, I had never seen so many people like decked out. It was, I think like two weeks before Halloween too. So yeah. starting to get that energy and the fan base was just incredible. Oh, so great. They were so great. Like, as I said, I'm 51 years old and I have like, I don't do my, I'm going to go back to TikTok, but I had like 50,000 followers from, from these fans. I'm like, oh, all right. My sons were like, okay, dad. All right, maybe we should sing together or something. <laughs> That's awesome. So Pretty now going out. <laughs> yeah. So now going back a step, can, yeah. can you tell us about your audition story for Beetlejuice? We love hearing. That's one of our favorite things to hear about is audition stories. Sure. Yeah, I will. I will. Uh, this is good because it could teach kids who are auditioning that you're allowed to mess up every single time you go in. Uh, so, well, first I'll even tell you beforehand. So I know Rob McClure really well. We did Honeymoon in Vegas. Love the guy. One of the kindest guys in show business. Um, so I went in for it when it was going to DC and I was, you know, they, they saw me for Adam a lot and they were like, well, maybe he could be a Beetlejuice cover too. And then we can have a Beetlejuice Adam cover. And I was, you know, good. Okay. And I think they were still waiting for someone to see if they'd accept, see if they'd accept, see if they did. And then Rob accepted. So he, he did that. Um, so when he was leaving, uh, so I guess I could, I mean, I can tell you, I am, um, I got the cover to be his, his standby for, for Mrs. Doubtfire. And I was like, I don't think I can do that. That seems so hard. I don't, I don't want to do that. I said, agents, can you get me a call to take his role in Beetlejuice? And they said, they don't want to see you. I said, push one more time, please. So they pushed. And they said they'd see me. And so I had one audition and then I had another audition. And then, and every time I would screw up the rap, folks say, Adam, why do you apologize for coming to it and mess it up every single time? But it doesn't matter. And then another one. And then finally they had Carrie Butler come in and I read with her and Adam Danheiser, who's my good friend who was playing, um, whatever the other guy's name is in the show, Adam and what the heck is the name? It doesn't matter. Uh, he helped me like run some of the stuff and learn it and and told me what Carrie likes and and then I did it with Carrie and it was really awesome. She was really super giving and uh, that was it. I just I just got it. It's not super. I mean, I guess five auditions or something like that is a lot, but you know. That's so wild, though. I mean, that must have been that part of the cast album. Whenever I would listen, that's always where I would be like that's where I'm going to stop because <laughs> I can't imagine doing that in behind, like in front of the table. No, no. <laughs> and now, and now it's like, there's, there's no way. Oh God, don't jinx myself. But now it's just there. It's in never stopping. Like riding a bike, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> so we were talking about the fan base of Beetlejuice, which is obviously insane. And the TikTok-ness of Beetlejuice, <laughs> which is insane. But I'm really curious too, because like seeing that show, I mean, so much of it is so technically impressive, like just the special effects and all. So I really want to know about your rehearsal process and how you sort of like got used to that and the backstage so, traffic. For me, it's, it wasn't so, you know, so I mean, jumping through the staircase, the jumping to the floor is scary and they have you do it. Very, everything is very, the stage management was so great. Maddie, uh, I love him so much. My favorite, favorite stage manager. He did Honeymoon in Vegas also, Maddie DiCarlo. Uh, 
so first you do it in the in the rehearsal room and they give you you don't do it with anything then you get the props and you get the other people coming in and then you know my tricks are not like alex's tricks and and i'll tell you like he's a master at not just doing it but doing everything so perfectly and so you you, you feel really confident and comfortable he may mess around a little bit but it's so involved like there's never you don't feel scared it's perfectly imperfect um my only thing was jumping through so they, they then first they keep it open you jump through then you do that again then you jump through again then they move it down then they put a piece of paper over it, then you jump through paper which changes everything i don't know why it's like oh i'm jumping in i'm jumping in i'm what, what, what am i i got now i gotta jump through this paper okay 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 oh my god oh my god and you don't want to hurt step on carry uh that was probably my biggest wait did i have another thing i guess i didn't have yeah no no more tricks that was my only trick. Yeah, that show was, oh my God, just te technically, like Emily said, and just the set, everything was oh, so incredible. Such a fun set to work on, too. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. I, when I saw it, I actually went backstage, and I like was able to see that up close, and I was like, oh my God. Like yeah. Getting to perform there every night was probably so much fun. So much fun. And it actually goes also from, from the, the director, Alex Timbers, is amazing, and then Alex... Brightman and all the people too. It's just a fun place to work because everyone's so kind and fun and funny and That's supremely amazing. talented. That's amazing. So kind of going off of that, what was your favorite aspect of performing in that show and for that kind of audience that was, that show had more of a following than any show I've ever seen. Like mm -hmm. the following is like so different than any other show, mm -hmm. which was so cool. So tell us about that. Yeah, that's what, that's why, that's what it was. You know, we, I always love performing, sure. But when you have the energy coming back to you that this show gives you, and you're sort of, there's, there's like a little bit of like talking to the audience with Alex too. It's just, it's just a different sort of beast and a different sort of energy. And you're happy to get outside and sign for people who are that excited about things because I, we were those kids who were doing those things, right? And so, you know, creating, you know, I was a, me and Adam made this like real Broadway dads of New Jersey and like the fans would sing it. And she, like, it was, it was just, it was like a rock concert. How could I not like that kind of stuff, you know? Uh, but it, it, it really, there was, it was even, it was emotional for some people because there's a lot of, you know, teen angst in the musical as well. And people feel like I can be seen and they were just, it was just a, just a great group of kids. Absolutely. It was, I love that show. I mean, it holds such a special place. I think that for so many people, it was just so like cool. And for so many people, such a great introduction into the theater. And I'm, yeah, I'm sure that must have been so cool to like work on and be a part of. Totally. Totally. Can't wait to do it again if I get to. Fingers crossed. <laughs> so now making the jump sort of um, over to your business. So you started um, Broadway Breathwork. Yeah. Um, a little while back. So I guess, how have you been working on that? Can you talk a little bit about the process and all that sort of thing? Yeah, I can tell you, I mean, I'll, I can do the whole pandemic for you. So, you know, pandemic starts to hit, we're going into the theater to do a show Friday night or, or Thursday night, I guess. And they say, don't come in. So like smart people when there's a pandemic around, we go to Leslie Kritzer's house and 10 of us play poker. Real smart. No one got anything. It's fine. Uh, so we go home, we think, oh, it'll be a couple days, couple days, and, 
and then it turns into this. So I think, what am I going to do during this stuff? What, what do I love to do? And so I started a thing with tally sessions, sessions with Josephsburg, where we sing, uh, sing and tell jokes and like bring positive energy to, I guess. So that started a friend of mine. Uh, we lost a, fr uh, a friend of mine from the business, Nick Cordero, passed away from COVID. And so Tally and I reconnected because we were both uh, part of his wife's army of people bringing joy. And so we created that. So I got to do that. My other love, though, was always... Uh, I was a personal trainer. Uh, I became a health coach. Uh, my wife is, when she left the business, she became a, a, a Weight Watch. She worked for Weight Watchers and then she started her own company, Target 100. It's the greatest company. Uh, and um, it's, a, it's a health and wellness company that helps people and it's amazing and it's a great community. So she said, why don't we take this breathwork class? So I took a breathwork class, which is a, a, med a physical meditation where you you breathe really heavy and get your, you know, endorphin, you get things moving. And then you are also, you do it for about 30 minutes and it's to music and you shut off that part of your brain, the ego that says you're not good enough, you're smart enough, and you connect to your real truth. So when I was in the class, I was like, oh my God, I want to help people. I want to do this. I want everyone to know about it. So I said, how can I start this? So I said, why don't I do a Broadway spin and I'll sing in every class and that'll bring people in and they'll learn this thing. And so on my 50th birthday, I had my first class, 55 people came on Zoom and I was doing, I did it every week for at least a, a year and a half. And then, you know, things are getting a little busier now. So I do it once every two weeks, once every three, four weeks. And then we get together and we have concerts too for everyone. And then I started working for my wife's Target 100 as a coach. So now I do breath work for her too. And I'm going to keep that up even well, if I get to be in that Beetlejuice show. That's awesome. I actually, when I told my mom that we were doing this podcast with you, she's like, wait, I think I know the name of your wife, like from Target 100. And <laughs> we looked up and she, she's like, oh my God. So we're like, what a small world connection. That's so funny. Yeah. So That's now so walk us through how you run and prepare for a Broadway breathwork class. Oh, you mean me or how someone else prepares? Me. So, uh, what do I need to do? So what happens in this is, is first of all, I go all over the place to get all these inspired. First, I come up with a theme. Like I can just, I'll just remember my last one was breath work for finding silence. Uh, and it's, you know, a lot of it can be moved from each one, but this is finding silence so that you can find your true you finding silence. So you can slow down and not be just doing all these things. So then I have a theme Then I go and find quotes, a lot of them from the internet. So all you parents out there who say that these kids shouldn't be looking at the intranets, there's some good websites to find really like inspiring, great quotes. So I do that. And then I go to uh, a set list and you know, you, you, I, I make a set list. It, it has to feel right for me. And I, then I pick a song to sing. Then I pick one big quote that I'm going to read, speak, blah, 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 say at the end. Uh, and then I do all that and then I'm never finished until two minutes before because then I rush at the last two minutes and try to get everything done. And then I calm myself down for about 10 seconds and then I start. The chaos right before. Okay. I really, I know that. I know that feel. <laughs> it's, it's bad. And Target 100 says that the, the stress, it's not good. And we're, some of us are addicted to stress. So be careful. Being addicted to stress, that's just insane. Why would you suggest such a thing? I don't know. 
So now you asked how somebody else might prepare. So I guess if somebody's looking to take a class, how should they prepare to kind of come into it and oh, be ready? You know what? Just all they need to do is just be open and be, uh, you know, um, vulnerable to be able to do something new. It's physical. So you, I mean, the breath is really like breathing into the belly, chest, let it go, belly, chest, let it go. And you do that for about 25 to 28 minutes, and then you get to relax with yourself. So you, all you do is lie down, don't eat for two hours beforehand, and that's, that's basically it. Awesome. I got to try this. This seems yeah. amazing. Must I have to say, Emily, when are we doing this? Yeah, seriously, <laughs> like, catch us at your next one. <laughs> I will. I, you know what? If, if, if first one's free. I'll send it to you when I do it. I think I'll probably do it not this Saturday, but the following Saturday. Oh, cool, cool, cool. Amazing. I'm excited. <laughs> so I guess you spoke a little bit about this, but especially with, you know, the chaos and all of our addictions to stress. And I obviously don't relate to that at all. Why do you think mindfulness is important and sort of why you wanted to spread these messages? I mean, I think it's good for, 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 for everything in life because there's so many in, inputs out there, right? Like there's, there's, there's for health, I mean, there's, there's TV, there's, there's food, there's all of these things that are trying to be sold to you, all of this stuff all over. And, and things that they say, this is what should make you happy. This is what should bring you joy. This is, and this kind of stuff, the, the meditation and the breathing lets you connect. We have a short life, right? My friend, you know, Nick changed me too. It was, it was all of that. It was his song, Live Your Life, which is, yeah. What the hell are we, what are we doing? Like, we're here for a really short time. It's a miracle that we hear. I say this in my class every time. We get 80... Uh oh, 86,400 seconds a day. Like, let's not, don't waste one. So, what this does is it does slow things down and it lets you connect to really the things that bring you joy. And it's not going to be what brings someone else. It's not going to bring what you, your guys going to be different from each other, but following that and doing that and being authentic and trying to do those things. And this kind of stuff helps you find that. Wow. I think that's such an important thing that we should all remember just with the, craziness of day-to-day -day life that just take that moment yeah. is so important so I think that's so great that you do that and even if it doesn't get you to those crazy out-of-body experiences where things your whole life changes it still is good to to re, it, it just relaxes you as well you know people say oh Broadway breathwork it's for, for performers and that wasn't the point at all but then I was like but for auditions and things like that if you can calm yourself down because I don't know about you guys, but or, or anyone out there, but when I'm at an audition, I'm up here. How can I even be thinking about what I'm supposed to be thinking about? So if I can pull that back and think, oh, this is what the character would do, then you know you could be present. Yeah, the last time Emily and I had an audition, we were laying in on the floor in my house, and I tried to lead us through a meditation. It didn't go that well, but we were still very nervous. But we tried. Good try. Good try. We do what we can. <laughs> So I guess kind of wrapping up, we love to ask this question to our guests. Right, um, right. What's a piece of advice you would give to your past self? Oh, to my past self. That's good. Uh, I guess sort of in the same vein as that. Well, there's two. Number one. Well, all right. So number one, as I said before, no. Let me give you the big number one. The big number one is be yourself bring you and, and that doesn't mean you have to be like you and every character but bring 
what you have and what you love into everything that you do and every character that you are, because if you don't, you're not going to get the part anyway. This is what I'm saying to me, I guess. Don't try to be somebody else. Don't try to be Raul Esparza. Don't, uh, don't try to be who else was out there all the time. Just try to be me and bring what I bring because that's what those, that's the spark they see. It's not, Oh, he, I, I, you know, I saw what, uh, that's, that's what they're looking for. I would say that to me as well. And I would say, slow the hell down. Don't drink two espressos before you go into an audition. That is the opposite of what you should be doing, David. Slow it down. And let go of the outcome. That's what I always tell people too. Don't worry about it. I tell them when I do classes, I say, most of your career in this business is gonna be either auditioning or rehearsing or taking classes. So if you don't like that, and if you don't, if you don't find the performance for yourself in that, then what are you doing? Like you have to do that. And that changed actually when I started auditioning and changing it from, okay, so what do I do to get this part? I got to get this part. How am I going to get this part to, let me go do something fun, something different and check it out and be me and try something. That's the, oh, that's how I get though. That's how I get the parts when I make things up like that. Yeah, I think that's so true. And I feel like we've heard that from a lot of guests. And like for us, especially, I mean, for auditions, it's very hard to think like that. But when you do, yeah. that can make all the difference. Yeah, yeah. It's all about the mindset and all things, but. Wait, who did you have? You had Javon, Javon McFerrin, did you say? Yeah, yeah we were talking a while back. He and I went into Motown on the same day. Oh my God, really? Javon, yeah, he was one of our first guests. That's going back huh. uh, yeah. like six months, probably. Yeah, yeah. wow. Awesome. At this for a minute. Well, David, this has been so much fun. You are a joy. This has been so much fun to get to talk to you. Thank you so much for taking the time and speaking with us and all your insight, all the things. This has been so, so great. Thank you guys for being so awesome. Like this was supremely fun. And uh, oh, we're so, we love to hear that. <laughs> I'm gonna get you to uh to the to the, the Broadway breathwork and then you can shout it out to all your fans and oh my god, absolutely. We will tag and we will post about that on our Instagram. And speaking of, to connect with David on Instagram, follow at David Josephsberg to keep up to date on his latest projects. Be sure to follow Theatrical Thoughts at Theatrical Thoughts Podcast on Instagram as well. Is it David S. Josephsburg or no? I, I can't yes. right. It says that, David S. Josephsburg. Okay. My eyes are terrible, but <laughs> it, it, thank you for correcting me. <laughs> don't worry because I, I I don't know, like I have a, a Twitter, which I don't ever do, but I think it's D. Joseph. I don't I don't know what they are, but I think that is David S. Josephsburg. It that is, thank I, you. <laughs> David S. Josephsburg, follow it. <laughs> don't follow us. Oh my God. Well, David, thank you again so much. It's been so much fun. And thank you guys for listening and we will see you in the next one. Bye. Thanks guys. Thanks guys. Going to clean up dog poop.